So welcome to Absolute Destiny, a podcast. Uh, this is a show where we watch every episode of Revolutionary Girl Utena and give our review of them. The trick here is that I am uh, an Utena super fan and Chesney is totally new to this entire franchise. I'm Autumn. And I'm Chesney. And we are now on episode four, if you're watching along with us. Uh, this is the Sunlit Garden. Um, I think it's Sunlit Garden Prelude. It's the first of the two-parter. Yeah, it's it's Sunlit Garden Prelude. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I got that right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is the first of the two-parter episodes in the series. There's only a handful of them. Uh, like, there's the, the one with Juri and Ruka later on in the series. And then, like, the finale of the show itself is a, a two-parter. It's kind of like a six-parter. <laughs> the, final, the final arc is a thing unto itself. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we actually open on something that happens next episode, which is mm -hmm. the duel between Mickey and Utena. Yeah. Um, and so it's a flash forward. Uh, the song Sunlit Garden is playing. We don't know what that song is yet, but we find out over the course of this episode that it is a song that Mickey is um, enamored with. Like he really loves this song and we kind of get to see why in this episode, but that comes later. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the duel and the, the, the preview of the duel at the very beginning of this episode is really intense uh and then the episode starts and the mood and the tone are completely different <laughs> <laughs> like it's so watching the build up in this episode was has been interesting and obviously we haven't seen all of it yet like the real build up comes in the next one but uh just from the preview that of the next episode that we saw at the very end of this episode i'm like yep uh things definitely heat up <laughs> yeah yeah so like there's kind of two episodes going on. We got like an A plot and a B plot for the first time mm -hmm. uh, in this episode. And we don't get a lot of that over the course of this series. But this episode definitely has an A plot and a B plot. Yeah. And <clears throat> I would say that like the B plot is actually the the Mickey duel at this point. Because that's going to yeah. be the A plot of next episode. Mm -hmm. This one is all about Nanami yes and <laughs> um so like we're introduced to mickey over the course of this episode and he's kind of the vehicle for introducing nanami as a character in like more fully than just the the view we got of her in the last episode um still trying to like take anthony down a peg um yeah She's yeah. really got it out for her. I mean, I, I guess from Nanami's point of view in the previous episode with the ball, she didn't see anything that went on with um, her brother and Utana. <laughs> so she doesn't, the truth of who her brother actually likes hasn't actually hit her yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, um, yeah, so... All right, let's just start at the beginning with this. So yeah. it, it, we cut to Mickey on the piano playing 
uh, Sunlit Garden, and Nanami praises him and says, you know, it's a beautiful song. Um, and she wants to know why he dropped out of competition. And what he says is the piano is off key. And so he, he plays a note. And then it's like, actually, maybe I'm the one that needs tuning. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell like something's off with him. Like he he's lost his touch, whatever it is. Like he is talked up as being the golden boy and he's not feeling it anymore. He's like a an athlete on the verge of retiring from their sport. Yeah. Um, and kind of emotionally distant from the thing that they once loved. Right. Like there's something missing in his music now. Mm -hmm. And he's playing this song because he says that the song means more than anything to him. And uh, it's because like he can't express the eternal beauty within. And that's when we cut to a photo of Anthe that uh, she, that Nanami finds in Nikki's sheet music, which why does he have that? Right. <laughs> like, like why? <laughs> Especially because I mean, like, obviously they know each other because uh, we see in, in the, the shot or the scene of him, he's, it flashes to the duelist ring. We know he's a member. <laughs> well, I say we, um, most of us know that he's a member of the student council. Uh, your girl forgot, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we know he's a member of the student council. So like he knows Anthe, right? But why does he have a picture of her? Especially when, I don't know, there's an altercation later on in the episode and the way that they framed all of that made it kind of, it almost felt like a meet cute, even though like right. clearly they know each other. Right. Right. Cause she is Toga's little sister and right. they're both on the student council and yeah. I just, <laughs> and, and then like the, he goes over to study later and yeah, it, it's a thing. But, like, this is the first time we get, like, a hint of what Mickey is after. Because, like, each of the duelists wants something. Mm -hmm. there, there is some, um, some way that they are objectifying Anthe. Like, some way that they are instrumentalizing her in whatever their big plan is. And so now we know that, that Mickey is looking for his shining thing, the his way of expressing the beauty within. Um. And I was so hoping because it seemed like, you know, minus the picture of Anthe, it seemed like maybe this would be like one of the people that wasn't like obsessed with her or the, the idea of like owning Anthe as the Rose Bride. <laughs> so it was I was hopeful but yeah and like um, he actually denies it even like we'll get there yeah um, yeah 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 but like it's I think that's part of why this is a two-part episode because like mm -hmm. it gives us more time to watch him make that journey from being against the duels to joining in and, and doing it because like this is this is the first time that we're actually playing with dramatic irony here too 
because like we yeah. as the audience have seen where this this arc ends it ends with utana and uh mickey dueling yeah but like right now this mickey doesn't want to duel yeah um so then we cut to wakaba and utana in in class um they are both failing at math wakaba because she's wakaba uh utana because <laughs> because um she's been up all night dueling this week <laughs> yeah <laughs> which thank god for wakaba <laughs> Thank God for Wakaba and Choo Choo, honestly. They provide <laughs> so much needed uh, humor in these episodes. I love it every time. Yeah. <laughs> like, when when she tells Utena her grade and her response is, mm, sucks to be you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And only to find out that Utena herself is also failing. Um, but... Wakaba also has this line that is thrown in there. Uh, a real woman can force her logic on any man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so, um, like, this is the exact opposite of uh, Utena's worldview. But even she is like, hmm, maybe I need <laughs> those boyfriends who knows logic. <laughs> Yeah, and then we go from that to uh, Anthe getting hit every episode. The segment. <laughs> yes, uh, this is this is slap number four, I think four or five. Uh huh. Yep. Um, it's once every episode. Uh, it's actually twice in one of them, so I think this is number five ah. at this point. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> we need to like keep like a, an Anthe slap count like on our Twitter. Um, yeah. As much, as much as I don't want to do that, it hurt. It's like infuriating every single time. Oh, right, and and, and rightly so. And I think that we're supposed to feel that way, and yeah. also that like it does taper off after a while. Um, like Thank I think God. Like, I've watched this show enough. I think it. I think it peters out at around like seven or eight, which I I'm laughing because like it's so awkward to to know that to like have seen this so many times and to know that like that is coming every single time um yeah well and it's so jarring because it's like we're, we go from like haha they failed their math test to what's happening in the courtyard slap you know right. like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this time when the slap comes it's the trio and like we haven't learned their names yet but they are Keiko Aiko and Yuko. Uh, they are Nanami's like three stooges. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> um, Keiko is the one that does all the talking. And like she will have a bigger character arc over the course of the show. The others, not so much. They always kind of appear as a, a trio. Um, okay. And now this is the second time that they are bullying Anthe. And the thing with this one is. Instead of Utena showing up, Mickey shows up. Mm-hmm. Like he's mid confrontation too. Like yeah, he rolls up on them. Yeah, and uh, 
so he runs them off this time and you know he and anthe have i think you described earlier as like their meat cute uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah it's really cute to like literally no pun intended but it's it's really cute when um these moments start happening starting in this interaction where Anthony will do something or they'll have some sort of like small thing between them and Mickey will hear and see music like a little dun 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 right and it's adorable <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet yeah because like he he lives music right mm-hmm. like that's his whole thing yeah and uh so then we cut to wakaba doing some like direct characterization of him and telling utana who mickey is um saying he's a genius he is like college level in in his music and his performance. Um. Yeah. I wrote down a freshman fences and plays piano popular with older girls. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, (laughs) you can get it. (laughs) (laughs) And truly him and Anthony seem to really hit it off. Right. And like in a pretty genuine way too, and not um like there's no sense of this being like an anti subterfuge either. Yeah. No, not at all. It seemed so, like a genuine start of a of a friendship or something. Right. Like if we didn't have an entire title sequence beating our heads in with like the whole Anthony and Utena ship. Um, <laughs> yeah. Could, like you could see it, right? Like you yeah. could see this being where it was going. And I, and that's, I think intentional too, because like, that's, that's them setting the hook for Mickey deciding to enter the duels. Mm-hmm. Right. Is like, now he's got something worth fighting for. Now he, now she's not just like some abstract concept of the Rose Bride. She's becoming a person to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder too. So if he didn't join the student council because of Anthe, then how does, I mean, I'm so curious about how this thing is running the school. Is it elections? Like, how do they get the rings? Do they all get a dream or get saved from Dio and so- or not from, <laughs> but by Dio in some way? Like, you mean how- Dios? Oh, yeah, Dio. Sorry, God so, dang it, I did it again. Well, well, now, now I'm just like picturing like Ronnie James Dio coming to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched too many uh, Jojo's memes today. Dio's in my head. <laughs> always one always one all right (laughs) no but how do they get these rings like and how do they join the student council i'm so curious about that i don't know if we'll ever get anything about it in the show but well yeah um, actually like we've already got some of that right like the letters from the end of the world oh 
Yeah, that's true. Because like, they I talk about, about that, that in the student council meetings that like the end of the world is sending them letters and uh, and like okay. conveniently they're all on the student council. But for whatever reason, Utena isn't on the student council, but also has a ring. Yeah. Right. Like you, you'd think that like part of the setup or the premise for this show would have been oh, hey, the end of the world said this girl's a student council member now also. And then they could all be like, oh, but she's an underclassman or something like that, you know? Right. But he's on student council and he's like either in eighth or ninth grade. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was kind of unclear in the show. But yeah, so I'm like, clearly there's there's no like age restriction. It must be democratic or pre- predestined by the letters that they get oh yeah no like they are handpicked as the student council members by the end of the world yeah okay okay i I feel like that's already pretty well confirmed at this point just from the the earlier episodes but like it's pretty obvious later on if it's not clear already okay and then i it took me until mm, i don't know it was a little bit into the episode to realize Oh, this is the person with the stopwatch that we've been seeing in the in the last couple of episodes, like yes. in the student council meeting shots. Yes, that is him. I don't know what the significance of the stopwatch is, but it feels like every time that they go to a shot of him clicking in the stopwatch, I'm like, okay, <laughs> there is something here. I am just not grasping it. <laughs> <laughs> And the time's different every time, so I don't, I have no clue. I don't know if it's just like a, like a self-improvement thing. Like he's trying to time himself with certain things. It seemed like he was doing that with some of the homework that he was doing later on in the episode. So I I don't know. This is one where the fandom has been going back and forth on this issue literally since this show debuted. (laughs) Um, okay like what the hell is mickey doing and the closest we have ever gotten to an answer comes from ikuhara himself in an old interview where he says something to the effect of let's just say it's connected to the structure of the world and that's it like that's what we get i think like i have a pretty good concept of what that means I'm not going to say it today because you are new to the show and I want to hear what you think over the course of this, this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like we haven't gotten the clues yet to what that actually means. But yeah, like that's Ikuhara himself's answer to that. Like he answers the question with not a question itself, but like a really roundabout hint. <laughs> Okay. I thought maybe he was like in decathlon or some kind of like debate club, like some kind of something where he was always having to time himself and his responses. Like I, (laughs) the, um, like I've heard other people theorize like he's timing the speaker before him. Oh, like how long they've been talking for, like the Uh same way that you might if you're like a stage manager for a play. And like you Mm want to get like somebody is doing a monologue and you need to time their monologue 
in order to figure out if the runtime, like where the runtime is at, you know, something like that. Um, but like we see That's nothing so... else that supports that idea. And I don't think it lines up perfectly with the lines before it either. Like the, like in this episode, there was something like 30 seconds or 39 seconds on his stopwatch. And the person before him was not speaking for 39 seconds. So I don't yeah. think that like that theory holds water that much. But it might in like a twisted kind of way that you, the listener, might be able to piece together because you've seen the show before um but i'm not going to spoil for chesney yet <laughs> which brings me to my put on your tinfoil hat next theory go for it <laughs> go for it let's go full tinfoil hat mode <laughs> i have to it's in my nature so um you saying that about timing people my brain immediately went to, oh, so this is a simulation. Forget the aliens theory. I mean, not forget it because, you know, aliens is always in the corner of our minds. But, um, you know, ours, our minds as tinfoil hat conspiracists. Um, <laughs> now it's going to, oh, this is a simulation. Okay. And you're timing things in the simulation to make sure everything's happening on time or in a sequence that it's supposed to. But the stopwatch. But I feel is, like that would imply that the student council knows what the score is. And I think, I feel like so far it's clear to us, like they don't, like they're as much pawns as Utena is. Yes. I or at mean, least as much of a pawn as Anthe is. Utena, jury's still out on yeah. whether she's wrapped up in it yet or not. Yeah, but because of how it's the shot is framed with the stopwatch, it seems so out of place. It it almost is like, I mean, it takes you a bit to like even connect it with, oh, this is Mickey that's doing that. In like one of the previous episodes, you could very clearly see that it was him. But in this one, it seems very disjointed. It almost seems like the episode's going along and all of a sudden it's a shot to somebody else who's timing it. That's what made me think, oh, this is a simulation. Because that could be, it could be present Mickey, or it could be something else going on. Like outside of this, either outside of this timeline or outside of this reality that we as the viewer are seeing. That's yeah. my crackpot conspiracy theory. Put the tinfoil <laughs> hat on. <laughs> I mean, it holds as much water as the alien one does right like <laughs> <laughs> right i can sit here and spin yarn all night long <laughs> yeah so we cut to a scene in the library where jury finds mickey studying and she says well you weren't in your dorm and you weren't at the council chamber so you must have been here <laughs> which like which tells us She's been looking for him like all afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and they um, seem to have they seem to have a like a fondness for each other, like a very friendly relationship. It just from that like one interaction that they have here. She yeah. seems like very familiar with him. Yeah, like that's what I get from it too. Mm -hmm. Um and so she discovers him correcting a test and uh, 
notices like just how many errors he is correcting on this test. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, someone really screwed up. Um, <laughs> and she's like, whose was it? And we get a smash cut to Anthe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so now we cut to them studying in the dorm. And uh, this is and like at first Utena is jealous that Anthe has a study buddy because she needs one also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so Mickey flashes his ring and says like, I don't want to duel. I don't want to duel. I'm not about that. I'm just a student council member. I don't think of Anthe as an object. It's cool. We're cool. Chill. Utena, calm down. Like, we're good. Of course, like, we're in on the dramatic irony again, where we know that he ends up dueling her for Anthe. It makes it so much worse. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, that's when, when Utena is like, you assholes and your dueling are why we have to take makeup tests because you had us up all night dueling all week. <laughs> yeah. Righteous anger there. Yeah. And then he's like, wait, you failed too? And like the shame just washes over Utena's face. <laughs> uh. As she realizes she has disclosed that she is failing. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I wrote down was that after he tells Utena he's not going to fight her for Anthe, he says, I may finally be regaining what I lost so long ago. And we get that flashback of him playing piano with someone as a child, uh, playing with uh, playing piano with another child. It's a girl with curly hair pinned up. And when I first saw this flashback, because I think it shows two or three times in the episode. When I first saw that flashback, I was like, oh, whoever that is. (laughs) And later, when it does the flashback again, it does kind of, you're like, oh, maybe that is Anthe. Is it? Is it? The first time I saw it, I just remember being like, that's not her. That's clearly somebody else. And then it it shows it again later on in the episode. And you're like, wait a minute, maybe that is Anthe. But something else is said too about looks to be like you think about her talking about Anthe a lot. And he says, oh, she reminds me of somebody that I know. There's this flashback. So there's clearly something going on with Mickey, the piano, this song that he always plays and his past. His past. Right. And so we cut back to the future and it's back to the photo of Anthe, though. So we go from like this sepia photo of the past where we don't see this girl's face Mm -hmm. to a photo of Anthe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's her still. It feels too much like a red herring. It feels too obvious. And I understand why he would make that jump of, is this her? Because 
his whole world is the piano and the music that he hears and plays and even sees. And then when he hears Anthe later on in the episode playing the piano, something clicks internally for him. He's like, it sounds like uh, at the very end of the episode, he goes, it's the same tone as my little sister's playing and well sure this the sepia silhouette the second time you showed it to me show looks like anthea a little bit but like are they (laughs) are like maybe it's like a um it doesn't like quite translate to english where it's like the onesama thing um or i forget the one for little sister but uh where it's just like where, yeah, where it's just like a, a term of endearment. It, they don't have to necessarily be related. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is like a childhood friend that he called his little sister. Okay. So maybe it is Anthe. So now I'm just all in my head all about it. <laughs> I, basically, there's just like all this throughout the episode of the flashback. He keeps saying like, I lost, I've lost my thing. I've lost my shining thing. And then seeing Anthe, they have these little interactions. The music plays in his head. He sees it. And it's like, it's winding up to be like, yes, it's her, it's her, it's her. But I'm like, I don't think it is. See, this is what I love about watching this with you right now, because I was about to name drop her before he went on that rant. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Because I forgot they don't actually tell us who she is yet, because I know who she is. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm watching this episode with full knowledge of who that character is. And I have completely forgotten that they don't actually tell us who she is yet. And that they are, in fact, teasing that it is Anthe. <laughs> right. Well, and the other piece of why I don't think it's her is something that you said earlier um, about everyone on the student council looking at Anthe and projecting what they want her to be onto her. This is, it's yes. exactly what you said. This is exactly Mickey's test. I guess. Yes. 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 Very much so. Yeah. And uh, that's why I'm like, I just don't think it's her because every single person, well, not every single one, but everybody on the council, at least so far has that the projection onto her of what they want her to be to accomplish their goals or feel better about themselves or what have you. Um, it's never about who Anthony actually is. So, uh, I mean, he could just come out and ask her, hey, did I know you as a child? And if so, why didn't you bring that up when we've been interacting on the student council? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is a conversation they should have had. Well, I don't think Anthony's ever been to the student council chamber. Well, no, but she's okay. Well, she's been on the dueling platform, but if he's never dueled before then he wouldn't. Right, because like mm, okay. he's still a, kind of like a conscientious objector to the whole dueling thing. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I see. So it really was their meet-cute earlier then. Yeah, I I would say so. 
oh, okay, that's cute. That is very cute. And it's actually, it's Toga who calls him out on it, who says, like, you you found your shining thing, didn't you? And, like, mm-hmm. kind of starts him down that path of now seeing Anthe actually as less of a person and more of a means. Yeah. Um, and we get a very early appearance from the Shadow Girls. Yeah, I was surprised. um with the because like again we've been talking a lot about mickey and he dominates like his presence dominates the first half of this and like we know this is a two-parter starring him but this episode itself the actual arc is about nanami Mm -hmm. and like we're introduced to to mickey through nanami earlier and so now we get the shadow girls who one of them tells this story about this boy she fell in love with in elementary school who found out that she likes wrestling and garlic ramen. <laughs> and then <laughs> is like, I'm not into girls like that. <laughs> Very he, coolly puts on his hat and walks away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so this idea that if you know who a person truly is, they or if a person knows who you truly are, they might leave you. They might abandon you. That fear that revealing the truth about yourself to somebody means there is the risk of losing them. Mm-hmm. And like, that is like, that's the whole message that the, the shadow girls are trying to play with here is um, if you knew the truth about me, you wouldn't like me anymore. And as it's we're so going to sad, yeah. And as we're going to see in the second half of the episode, Nanami is going to play with that to try and break the bonds between Utena, Mickey, and Anthe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where like if you knew who Anthe truly was, you wouldn't like her. And the whole time, everyone is, like, Utena, at least, has been trying to get a picture of who Anthe really is. And so, yeah. you know, she's still, like, that Stepford wife, that that cipher that, like, you can project anything onto because there's nothing else there right now. Yeah. I mean, I was just sitting here thinking, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's like, Anthe is just these, like, two like wooden puzzle pieces that just kind of clack together it's just a shell there's nothing really there and occasionally well there is but we just (laughs) she doesn't reveal it she intentionally i think intentionally doesn't reveal anything about herself she keeps that mask on right and you know like that's the question, right? Like what in her past sets her up to keep that mask on all the time? Mm-hmm. And, and actually like what in her present might be doing that? Right. You know, like think about like people who never reveal them tr- their true selves to other people. Like that comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Usually, well... I can't say usually, but from my experience, it's 
it comes from a feeling of you don't feel safe in your current environment. So what is it that's keeping Anthea from feeling safe? Is it the whole Rose Bride student council setup thing? Or is it something else? I mean, we'll have to find out, right? Like, yeah, um, this is where I want to say, like, this show does it well, where like so many other shows just like take the like broken doll trope as only that surface layer of like, you know, kind of robotic, kind of distant. Like I said, the broken doll trope where mm-hmm. there's this girl. It's almost always a girl. Almost always. And yeah. she is silent and stoic and distant and aloof. And they allude to like a tragic history that never really gets dealt with in any meaningful way. Um, and... It's always very like very surface level and very shallow in terms of using this as like a stock character trope. Mm-hmm. I, I want to reassure you, Anthea is not that. Like, no, <laughs> I don't like feel if, that way at all. Like, if you've seen <laughs> that trope before, it is imitating this. This did mm-hmm. it right, and everyone else tried to copy that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels the most realistic. And I think it feels that way. I think, yes. And I think it feels the most realistic because it's this layer of paint on it that Anthe does to herself of the politeness. Mm -hmm. That's the realistic key point to it is that layer of politeness that just gets you by with everybody makes you unassuming makes you a a lot of the times unnoticeable right if you're just polite and keep it moving people most of the time let you go on the difference though is that (laughs) anthony's got like a key role with this whole student council so she's getting noticed left right center every single time everywhere she goes but she still keeps that politeness, that same level with everyone. Even with the people that hurt her, she still keeps it there. Like those three girls that keep slapping her. Right. Yeah. Like, we never see her go riot on somebody. No, and I would love to. <laughs> yeah, like, we're all just waiting for the day that she just snaps and, like, kills a dude. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but like sometimes those moments where a character like that snaps and takes some form of control is so satisfying. (laughs) So it'll, it's going to be really interesting to see how this continues to unfold. But yeah, (laughs) poor Nanami with this episode. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) she really tried her best. Yeah, so we come to Nanami's three pranks when she shows up to study time. Mm-hmm. And at first, Utena, like, mistakes her for Mickey's girlfriend. <laughs> Which just, like, mortifies the two of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and 
And I love, okay, so Nanami goes through this sequence of three pranks, and each of them are meant to disgust everyone in the room and make them reject Anthe. As in, like, oh, I'm revealing this horrifying secret about Anthe, and if you knew this about her, you would reject her. And it's like that difference in maturity level where um, to Nanami, these sorts of things would work. Like if she found this out about one of those three girls that she hangs around with, you know, she would be kicking them out of the clique. Oh, absolutely. And And it's such, it's sorry. It's such a childish, like you said, childish way of looking at it. Um, (laughs) <laughs> because to me watching that I'm like girl why wouldn't you just go dig up some real dirt on her <laughs> if you if you really wanted to like have people see like look at her disgusted and be disillusioned and why wouldn't you just go dig up real dirt on her why would you try to plant something like a snail <laughs> on her personal items dear it's, listener it's, do not get too far ahead of chesney on digging up real dirt on anthe <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh um, yeah <laughs> I, I will say nanami plays a role in anthe's actual history coming to light later on um and it goes much differently than this scene does. Um, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, like it's this childish set of pranks. The first one, Operation Girl Who Keeps Snails in Her Pencil Box. <laughs> <laughs> Which and- like, if I found anybody in real life, like if I was in a class, like a, a school classroom, and I asked to borrow somebody's pencil and they open their pencil box and there's a little snail in there. I honest to God would be like, oh, my God, that's so cute. Is that your pet? What's their name? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if it's just like different strokes for different folks. But like, right. it, it, is a snail really that gross? But anyway, yeah, bless bless Nanami for truly bringing the humor uh, yeah. <laughs> to this episode because it was just chef's kiss so good right so she's gonna put a snail in her pencil box and is like being all sly about it then and (laughs) oh we get like this fantasy in her mind first of how this is gonna play out complete complete with just the most perfect ojo sama laugh ever (laughs) it's amazing it's so good every time she says the plan in her head and then out loud (laughs) And then Mickey goes, what did you say? No, oh, nothing, nothing, sorry. And then just scoots off to do an interplan. So she opens up the snail, or the, the snail box, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, pencil box to put a snail in it and reveals there's already dozens of snails inside it. <laughs> like exploding out of this she like <laughs> pops it open and they're like there's so many in there that they're exploding outward and then like we get this beautiful moment where nanami is still trying to sell it like <laughs> like she thought she was gonna fake the group out by pretending and she actually does have snails in there and like holy shit you guys 
she is even more gross than I was planning to make her look. Yeah. And everyone else's reaction is, oh, that's pretty cute. And Mickey's like, that is such an anti thing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like he's known her forever at this point. <laughs> uh, right. Instead of like maybe a day ago. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, immediately we get this refutation of like what the shadow girls were talking about where like, we have now revealed something true about Anthe and no one rejected her for it. Yeah. And instead they rejected the attempt to reject her. Mm -hmm. Also, can we just real quick talk about how Anthe has named all of the snails? <laughs> Catherine, Juliet, and Marcelina. <laughs> Marcelina! It was so cute. <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, um then we have plan two or plan B. Operation Weird Girl Who Keeps a Snake in Her Drawer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And uh, so this time she tries to put a garter snake in Anthe's desk. And as she opens the desk, and it goes through the whole thing again, right? Like the the fantasy, the dream sequence and of how like <laughs> everyone is going to condemn Anthe. And here is Nanami doing her best Ojo-sama laugh once again. Um, and then she turns out has been saying her plan out loud all over again. Uh, yep. <laughs> and so she goes to put the, the snake in the desk, and there's a mongoose inside that immediately eats the snake. Like, of course, right? Like, I thought it was going to be like maybe a bigger snake or a badder snake. It's a mongoose. Of course it is. <laughs> and, and of course, Nanami's reaction when the rest of them are all cool with it is don't you think that's weird? And listener, it's fucking weird. I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> yeah, th that one. That one's that one's a little extreme. Yeah, um, but at the same time, I really love how like her friends don't reject her for it. They're like, yeah, Andy's weird. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> they're, they're like, yeah, that's Mr. Mongoose. We really shouldn't keep him in there, but like, <laughs> yeah, we love him. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we have. Operation Anthe is a total weirdo who keeps an octopus in her closet. Which, by the way, I want to pitch uh, an episode name for this particular episode. Uh, gloves on, octopus out. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I wrote, what I wrote down. Oh, oh my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens. Like the, this whole time. So, by the way, um, if you don't watch the episode or even if you do. Uh, so <laughs> Nanami has been using different tools to touch these things because obviously they're beneath her. She's grossed out by them. Who would touch them? They're disgusting, etc. cetera. Uh, she's been using like tongs to get the snail and the um, snake out. So she puts on gloves, of course, and pulls out... <laughs> An octopus. A live octopus. <laughs> Which, by the way, when she pulls this out, I fully, like, dead ass did not know if this thing was going to be alive or dead. <laughs> like, 
that shot of the, f- the first shot we get of the octopus, I'm like, is it okay? Like, are we about to put a dead octopus in this girl's room? Like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so then she opens up the closet to put it in. And like a Macy's Parade ad balloon comes bursting out of the closet. (laughs) You full on think that this thing is real too, by the way. Like, because the other two... He's got the little headband. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's this big octopus that has a headband on. A little white headband. And you, I thought, I was like, oh, it's a big ass octopus somehow in the closet. Like, fully alive. Because the other (laughs) animals that we've seen have been alive. And also so she opens the closet trying to throw the her octopus in opens she just starts to open the closet door and this thing like overwhelms her like pops out of the closet and like she ends up in a heap underneath it and (laughs) throughout this whole process nanami has been getting more and more disheveled and (laughs) she just looks done by the time (laughs) this thing comes out of the closet she's like who keeps this thing which to her point fair you know like who does keep this kind of thing except anthe which the other two are like of course it's anthe it's cute makes sense and anthe says she felt sorry for it after the like ad campaign or whatever it was like the parade whatever whatever it was that like they had this thing out for she says she felt bad for it so she kept it and utana like immediately calls her on it like didn't you just say you wanted to throw that thing out (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah like nanami is just like 900 percent done with this entire yeah. situation i mean like she her soul is like ascending like she's <laughs> done with this encounter <laughs> so ostensibly they are there to be tutored and in the background of this entire scene um Mickey is definitely tutoring Utena. Like she's catching on. She's doing the math. She's it's like algebra one or something like that. Um, like she's doing her thing, and uh, like there's some trig in there. And then while they're discussing the t- like the homework, we have this shot that's like sitting on Anthe instead of the other two. Like we hear them talking. But we're watching Anthe as she is making a flip book instead of taking notes. Yeah. And she like she flips through this animation that she has drawn. And we get one of the most beautiful, genuine laughs out of this girl. And I don't think we get another one in this show. At least not like this one. Damn. Like... This is one of the rare moments of just pure, unwitnessed joy where, like, everyone else is busy, everyone else is paying attention to something else, and she's just amusing herself and is genuinely amused by her own creation in yeah, it, like this it's... really heartwarming way. Yeah, it's so sincere and it's this, like, childlike innocent like you said moment of joy um that's just like 
oh, look, I made something cute and funny. And like, she doesn't show it to the others. Like, she's not no parading it around. She's just doing this for herself and and reveling in the joy of this moment. And this is one of the other few. Well, I think this is the second moment, really, that we've seen a peek behind the curtain at her, a right. peek behind her, her mask, her facade. So far, it's been this like there was a moment of insight from her. There's this moment of um, she has with Utena of. I know what's actually going to happen. And then there's this, which is this, again, childlike, innocent joy. So it just makes you, or me at least, even more curious of what is behind that mask? Like, who are you when you are by yourself? Right. Are you this? Like, you just make little, little things and moments for yourself. And that's totally fine. But, like, why don't you, why aren't you this person all the time? Yeah, and like, well, I, I think some of that is just that she feels safe in this moment. Yeah, her friends absolutely. have just her friends have just stood up for her to someone who was trying to bully her. Yeah, and like, whatever, whatever has gone on with Nanami's plan and Anthe having a perfect counter to everything that Nanami did, like clearly Anthe was like in control of this scenario somehow right like yeah like there's like on some level Anthe was a step ahead the entire time and so between that and her friends defending her like she's perfectly safe in this in this space which brings up a good point I I didn't think about it until you said that but there's one thing of, oh, you know, it's an anime. It's There's going to be these, like, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Whimsical. There's going to be these whimsical moments and scenes of, like, aha, you got foiled again. But, like, how did she know? It was too specific. The, the multitude of snails in the pencil box that just... When she opens it, it, po- it all pops out. The mongoose being in it. Like, the snails are one thing. But then to follow it up with a freaking mongoose in a desk drawer. Like, <laughs> it was the exact same one that um, Nanami was going to put the snake in. So what are the, even the odds of that? The balloon in the closet is a little bit more understandable. Because, like, okay, sure. You just shoved some shit in a closet. Like, everybody does that. But, like... <laughs> The the two animal in, the f- t- first two animal incidents, that's a little too on the nose. How did she know that? Yeah. And also, so <laughs> poor Nanami, she's just had a rough. She tries to bring out a lunch uh, or a dinner, like a little bento box that she's made for the group, which God knows what was even going to happen with that. It could have been genuine. It could have been something with it. I honestly was expecting poor Choo Choo who ate all of it to be like poisoned after or something. Um, but he eats their lunch, her, their lunch. 
So Anthony's like, oh, no, it's okay. I'll just make something. She makes freaking shaved ice. (laughs) The most underwhelming thing possible. (laughs) As a meal. Like, who is like, oh, I'll just go throw something together in the kitchen and then comes back like 20 minutes later with four shaved ice. (laughs) What? (laughs) It was a whole other level of whimsy to this episode. And she describes it as her specialty. Like That's what sells it for me. Yeah. But, like, I want to go back to one of the things about, like, Nin- or, um, Anthe being one step ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to, like, give a shout out to, like, a, a review show from years and years ago, um, Geek Nights Presents, who talked about this in like their very first episode that like the zany anime bullshit that happens over the course of the show yeah um like they they even say it like in their first episode is like don't treat this the way you treat other animes doing zany anime bullshit like this is this is like what i said in the first episode we're in a full-on magical real scenario where Mm -hmm. You can see in this, Utena is already acclimating to the stuff that goes on around this school. Yeah. At first, she was kind of surprised and put off by it. But now we have some really out there stuff happening. And she just kind of takes it in stride as the stuff that happens when you're around Anthe. Mm-hmm. That's a good and- point. And so we're four episodes in and, and Utena is already losing touch with what normal reality is supposed to be like. Thank God for Wakaba, at least. <laughs> you know, she's outside of this enough to where she can kind of reality check Utena in some moments. Yeah. So the shaved ice, though. Nanami cracks. This is her moment where she loses it she exasperatedly shouts like why does everyone like her (laughs) which tips her hand on this right like she reveals that in fact she's the one who does not like anthe yeah and so um i think it's mickey who says wait i thought you guys were friends (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i thought you wanted to be friends with her You wanted to get closer to her. Yeah. Again, Nanami, like you have sort of the right spirit, like keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. But why wouldn't you just dig up some real actual dirt on her? (laughs) (laughs) Because again, we have to remember, she's a child. I mean, Uh, they're they're, they're all kids, but like Nanami is notably younger than the others are. And so her plots are about as transparent as like your little cousin's plots (laughs) or your little sibling where like just that few years difference is enough to be like yeah kid i I can see where you're going with this it's not gonna work (laughs) 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 but this like takes us back to the last episode too where earlier in the episode two um there was a quick shot of nanami being jealous of um, Anthe getting Mickey's attention and the same way that like Anthe was getting Toga's attention and so 
She's like feeling left out and left behind. Yeah. Yeah. Now it seems like a less creepy, like sibling thing and more of a, the attention, the spotlight is just not on me. And I don't like that. I mean, put a pin in that. Like we're going to come back to the sibling thing. Uh, oh Lord. <laughs> but like we have this through line for Nanami's character of she hates Anthe because Anthe takes specifically Toga's attention away. But like, the ability to get Mickey's attention is just like more of that same weird charisma that this girl has that Nanami just doesn't. And she becomes like laser focused on, on Anthe that way. Yeah. And I, I thought earlier you were going to say, um, Utena had some weird reactions because there's a very, very small one at the end here where, um, Nanami doesn't it's not really an accusation it's more of a question of Mickey you have a crush on Anthe there's this like micro expression that flits across Utena's face and it's not I mean it's like on the very very fringes of jealousy but it's like confusion You know, like it's, it's squinting the eyebrows and and the eyes and then wait a minute, what? (laughs) Right. Because she doesn't realize yet why she's jealous. Uh Uh-huh. So seeing the subtlety there and that build up visually is so um, Uh fulfilling. Listener, like if you don't get it, then you don't get it. But if you get it, you get it. Where like... (laughs) You have this moment of, wait, why am I jealous that my friend has a boyfriend? Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Um, and if you get it, you get it, right? Like, but this is the first time Utena is now confronting that piece of it that, like, maybe this is more than just friends. Yeah. And definitely not, like, even on a conscious level yet. No, no, it was very much still processing. So the episode closes with uh, the piano being played in like the dorm's main hall er like area. It is again the song Sunlit Garden. And Mickey walks out of the room and sees Anthe playing the piano and says, I have found my shining thing. Yeah. Also, really quick. Just to go back to what the last thing you were saying about Nanami revealing her hand. So Nanami doesn't face any consequences at all. Like, (laughs) even when she reveals reveals her hand about, I put a garter snake in her room. Uh, I put an octopus. I tried to put an octopus in here. Like, sure, the snake got eaten by the mongoose. The octopus is very much still in the room. (laughs) And it's no small thing to put a snake in someone's room. Or like, hey, a live octopus. Um, maybe don't do those. But <laughs> she faces <laughs> absolutely no consequences whatsoever. And it almost feels like, uh, again, going back to the childish nature of, oh, it's just a kid. You know, like get a little slap on the hand thing. But like, it's very like dismissive of, oh, it's just like, it was just a kid. That's the feeling that I get from it. It's no harm done. Sure, she meant to do these things but they never actually came to fruition and it's just 
Nanami tries, bless her, she tries so hard to get the focus on her and the spotlight on her, and the other two just don't care. <laughs> they just yeah. don't. Like, part of it, I think, is no one really knows what's really going on with Nanami, but if anyone knows, it's Anthe. And mm. we're starting to see that Anthe has more going on than just she has choo-choo, which is like a weird monkey mouse. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like we've already seen how they draw mice on the show. And that's not how they draw yeah. choo-choo. <laughs> nope. You know, I really do wonder if... Anthe's actual ability or power is the re- is the ability to bend reality to her will. Okay. And because I just thought about when you pointed out the scene, I want to say it's in the second episode where Utena's moving into the the quote unquote haunted dorm that nobody's lived in for like ten years, and she opens the door and it's this like decrepit fallen in thing and then she it's almost like a a what if because Mm -hmm. it's like we're jolted back and then she opens the door again and it's normal and she looks at the the her room plaque and anthe's drawn her name in marker (laughs) underneath (laughs) right um so that and combined with the snails the mongoose i'm like does she have the ability to bend reality? Are we are we dealing with like a WandaVision situation here? Like, what is going on? That's my third uh, tinfoil hat theory. I'm, okay. I'm going to write this one down. I'm going to write this one down. <laughs> <laughs> the other two I will remember because they're funny, but this one I'm writing down. So you're writing down like, does Anthe have the ability to manipulate reality? Yes. Okay. So more theory time. Mm-hmm. End of the episode. What's your prediction for next time? Like this one's kind of an easy one on some level because it's a two-parter. But also, what do you think is going to go on? There was a lot and yet so little given in this preview. This time around. All I really got out of it was a girl with short blue hair shows up. So it probably is, if there is an actual little sister, it's probably that person for Mickey. Um, at least I think it was a girl. Yeah, I think so. Well, who knows? They, it could be anybody. It was somebody wearing, I think the school uniform with a skirt. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're a girl. Um, so I, that was really all I got out of that was, Oh, there's another person with blue hair. (laughs) And okay. Like I'm, I'm so not looking forward to this fight because of the friendship and like innocent moments and moments of laughter and like collegiality that the three of them have built up. Even Nanami to some extent, you know, is kind of becoming like a little fourth member of their pack. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to see this come apart. I don't want to see it unravel. I don't want to see somebody's heart get broken. I know that's, you know, a part of life, but like it still hurts. I don't want to see it. So 
connect the dots. Like, how do you think Mickey is going to end up dueling Utena? I don't get anything other than just mounting tension. How do I think he's going to challenge her to a duel? The only thing I can think of is jealousy. Uh, Jealousy over the nature of, like, Anthony and Utena's closeness, their relationship, you know, they're they're living together in a dorm where it's just the two of them. So maybe like uh he's fighting for more time and attention from Anthe. Um Yeah, I mean the jealousy route is the only thing that I can see. Okay. Because now he's found his quote unquote shining thing. Okay, so like he found it and now is like willing to do anything, including sacrifice friendship to get it. Yeah. Like almost like a covetous, uh, feeling like, I want this, I want this all to myself. So who do you think the girl with the blue hair is? Probably a sibling, probably a sibling to Mickey. Okay. What do you think Um, their relationship is? Well, considering uh, that he mentioned, like, having lost his sister, I mean, it could be the whole route of, like, their parents got divorced, so he never saw her again type of thing. Um, Like a parent trap (laughs) kind of situation. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, for some reason I get some kind of vibe of like something tragic was alluded to or happened um, or like he was made to believe something tragic happened because I lost my sister. I lost something. It just, it seems like a forced separation. Okay. Cool. We'll see how that pans out. I think the other thing is, I think Utena's jealousy is really getting up there. Like not just because, of, not just because of the little flash we see at the end of this episode, but if she's willing to go and duel Mickey for um, Anthe or whatever this is, like Utena does not duel lightly. She's made it very clear in this episode that she doesn't want to be doing this. Right. <laughs> like, She's got school to attend to. Like, this is annoying for right. her. Because, like, here's the other thing. The duels that she has fought so far have both been against Sionji, who is definitely an abuser. Right. Um, Mickey, we have no indication that he would mistreat Anthe. No. So why would Utena defend her title? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's got to be a clash between the two, a jealousy clash. So I guess we'll find out. So uh, we have our social media now. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Zetai Unme Pod. And if you have your theories, your questions, um, your feedback on anything we talked about, uh, you can write to us 
on by email at absolutedestinyapodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, like, please reach out to us. Send us what you got. Uh, yeah, if you have questions, fire away. Um, I would absolutely love to hear anybody else's tinfoil hat crackpot theories uh, <laughs> that are non non-spoilery, of course, but like, I would love to hear those. I just realized I'm going to be the one who has to end up reading the email so I can filter out the spoilers. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> if you have your theories on stuff or if you're watching along and some like big insight hits you, please let us let us know. Um, again, that's Zetai Unme Pod on Twitter and absolute destiny a podcast at gmail.com. Yay. <laughs>